One of the things that I've added into my life in recent years that's become a real non-negotiable is more self-care. Am I always great at doing it? Absolutely not. But is it also an important part of my routine? Absolutely yes. Like with anything related to health and wellness, I'm not about making it perfect or having to do something every single day, but I am about finding small ways that I can add self-care practices into my life, whether it's time for exercise, a walk on my own, taking myself to the coffee shop in the middle of the week, going out with friends, watching Modern Family at four o'clock on a Wednesday, or organising my work life to be that bit less demanding, i.e. learning to say no more, I will always make sure that my life isn't all about being on the go every spare second. Don't get me wrong, it hasn't always been like this, and it's taken a bit of time and practice. But I can honestly say that now I'm practising more self-care, I would never ever go back So I'm so excited about today's guest, Sarah Redden, who's going to be talking to us all about the what's, the why's and the how's of better self-care. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at Alex Chickfit. Hi there, and a huge welcome back to the podcast. At the moment, I'm doing an interview series with so many wonderful women who have some really brilliant perspectives on health and wellness. I've really been enjoying chatting to all of them. And today I'm going to be talking to the wonderful Sarah Redden all about self-care. Now, I realize that this has become a really well-worn phrase over the years. And for many of us, it can feel like something that has to be added to that never-ending to-do list. But I personally think that this is an important topic to keep talking about. Because the culture of busy doesn't seem to be going anywhere anytime soon. So, of course, we all need things that are going to help us to be resilient to this without it resulting in that kind of constantly elevated cortisol, that constantly elevated stress, and quite frankly, just feeling a bit exhausted by life. And the thing is, we're not here to stay on the treadmill and be exhausted. I am convinced that we're all here to do so much more than that. And in order to live fully, we also need to be mindful of the things that our bodies and minds need as well, which is where that self-care comes in. I think we all can agree that there aren't enough hours in the day, but I do think that some level of self-care is a complete non-negotiable for any of us wanting to live a happy, satisfying life. So without further ado, let me introduce you to Sarah Redden. She's a therapeutic coach and the host of Conversations with Sarah podcast. And she's all about enabling others to find their own voice, happiness and life balance by sharing her knowledge and personal experience as well. Not only does she offer personal development courses, but she also has a range of hypnotherapy and meditation audios that you can access anytime. Just head to the link in the show notes to find out more about those. But in the meantime, welcome, Sarah. So lovely to have you. Thank you so much for having me here. And as you say, it's so important that we keep kind of bringing this message back to self-care because for me, it is the core of everything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Before we go on to talk about some of that, can you just tell us a little bit more about you and a little bit about your therapy background as well? Yeah, of course. So I am a qualified counsellor. I spent a good six, seven years at college training to be a counsellor, but I've chosen rather than to sit in that kind of counselling field to go much more in a a coaching space. So it's for me very much my one-to-one work is working with people who are at a stage where they're ready to create change mm-hmm. so offering space for the story to be heard but we're, we're ready to take action and move forward very much for me I was my client yeah. so I was that person who burnt out who had too much stress in their life didn't really look after themselves in the way that they needed to even though I knew that's what I needed to do to look after myself I, I wasn't I wasn't doing what I needed to do and so very much I've got to a stage in my life where I've really embraced self-care as a practice and and want to help people not reach the stage that I did Mm -hmm. and really thrive within their own life. Mm. Yeah and I you know I think it's safe to say that self-care does often come bottom of the list because it doesn't always have that tangible result like often you know stuff on to-do list we can just tick it off we can say oh I feel satisfied I've done that thing whereas Mm. self-care kind of feels like oh it's a bit of a nice to have so what do you think self-care really means to you? So for me, like say, we think self-care is this kind of fluffy thing of we'll have a bubble bath occasionally or maybe I've put a face mask on or if we've been really decadent, we'll go and have a spa day. For me, it's a core practice in our day-to-day life. Self-care is, is connecting in with who we are, connecting in with what brings us joy, connecting in with what helps us thrive within our own life. So it's bubble baths and face masks and all of those things are lovely, but they're just kind of niceties. Mm. It's that real kind of connecting in with our voice, our boundaries, our truth, our, yeah, our, what it is that makes us us. Does that make sense? Am I? Yeah, no, it, it does. I think what I found with it is that because I'm quite a doer and I think a lot mm-hmm. of people out there would respond to that that kind of energy of like, I'm a, I'm a doer. Like I want somebody to say to me, do this thing to get this result, right? So that's the, that's the way I've been my life. Okay. So my thing for you to do is, you know, you said about your to-do list, mm-hmm. I want to-do list. So we list all of the things that we've got yeah. to do to, to yeah. make life happen. So within that or separate to that is that, that want to do list. So it's things that fulfill your soul. So yeah, we'll be like, oh, I've got to do the housework. I've got to take the kids here. I've got to do this for work. And we forget that I want to eat something nourishing rather than just grabbing something on the go. So going to shop consciously, buying food that is going to satisfy you, but also nourish you. To me, that's a self-care practice. So it's very easy to put into our day-to-day stuff but then it's also like play as adults we forget to play and have fun so actually scheduling in time with our friends to do fun things for me that's self-care so when we start to look at it that way rather than this kind of like decadent thing that we're going to add more into our life but actually we can put into our life as it is for me it becomes much more it's manageable and it's much more 
tangible. Yeah, I think it's interesting what you say about like the nourishment, for example. So at the moment we're doing a, um, it, in my membership, we're doing like a nutrition challenge or, well, I call it a challenge. It's it's a nutrition theme, I suppose. And one of the things I was literally talking about just before I was doing a live into the group, we were talking about this kind of getting away from this, this idea of emotional eating. And, you know, what I was saying was that, you know, many of us eat in a way that we think we should, right? So we eat in a way that we think will help us to lose weight. And it's, and it causes this, this kind of battle with ourselves almost. We constantly feel like we're, we're failing in it, but it feels like really hard at the same time. And we're always trying to do this thing. And, you know, one of the questions I, I, I asked them to ask themselves was, well, what would you like your relationship with food to be like? And, you know, that in itself, like you were saying, it's, it's almost like that element of self-care where rather than thinking, I should, I should, I should, you're like, yeah, but what is it I actually want? What is it I want it to give me? How do I want that thing to feel? So maybe, you know, bringing ways into your day-to-day life where you think about what you want rather than what you should be doing, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I really like about your platform, actually, is that you you focus on food as a holistic thing, as opposed to it's something that we've got to deny ourselves of to get into a certain space. And that ties really in with, with what I believe self-care is. So it, it's not about denying yourself things because society has told us that it's naughty. It's about having that balance in our life. And you know, there's no reason to not eat food that you enjoy for the sake of enjoyment, but also remembering to add in foods that will nourish your cells, nourish your body, help you to, to move better, help you to feel less sluggish and kind of shifting that idea of away from depriving yourself and into like, this is self-care by eating foods that help me feel well, I'm looking after me. And the core of all of that is it's self-love. Also knowing that, you know, you're allowed to nail a bar of chocolate on a Friday night, right? Yeah. <laughs> because I think there's nothing wrong with that. There's no reason to not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that can be self-care in itself, can't it? So, yeah, so that, that sense of, uh, you know, I suppose the way you talk to yourself as well, you know, the way you treat yourself, because I think many of us treat ourselves very you know, in a way we wouldn't treat anybody else. We wouldn't, you know, yeah. we wouldn't push people in the way that we push ourselves. And, you know, I'm I'm as guilty of that as the next person. I'm getting better, but I'm definitely guilty of that too. So how can we maybe start to be a bit kinder to ourselves? Like what, what are the things that hold us back? Because I know that we shy away from it maybe because we feel like we, we're not deserving of it or something like that. So what is it that tends to hold us back from being nice to ourselves and looking after ourselves? I think for me, it's society's expectation. So especially as women, we're kind of told not to be too arrogant, not to be too complimentary towards ourselves because it comes off as maybe like stuck up. Or So it's really kind of noticing where we have these messages of how we are supposed to be and deconstructing it almost. So noticing, like you say, we wouldn't speak this way to our friends. So why, when we spend all of this time with ourselves, do we talk to ourselves in that way? Mm. It doesn't motivate us as much as we may think it does. It doesn't. Mm. So it is really it's noticing the language that you're using towards yourself and reframing it in a different way. And for me, it's all about being kind to yourself, bringing it back to that. If you wouldn't say it to somebody else, mm. why say it to yourself? Mm. Yeah. And I think it's sort 
you know, from what you were saying, then it's sort of, it almost feels a bit rebellious to go against what society expects you to do and to be and the way that you should be talking about things. And I think that's possibly why we find it hard because it's, you know, it feels rebellious to say, actually, I'm going to lie down at four o'clock on a Wednesday afternoon and watch Modern Family <laughs> for an hour or something. That feels like, whoa, can I, can I do that? Am I allowed to do that? Yeah. And that's it. It's permission given and deconstructing these labels because when you go and have a nap or something, you might think, oh, I'm being lazy because I'm not being busy because I'm Mm. not being productive. But the best sort of creative spaces come from giving yourself Mm. time, slowing down life where you can, taking those moments. So having a nap, meditating, laying on the sofa, watching a show that makes you laugh and gives you joy, that fills your cup. It all all feeds in. And when we've got people around us that we look after, perhaps, for mums especially, if we're modelling this self-care, we're showing our children that as adults, it's okay to prioritise ourselves. It's okay to look after ourselves. So they start to learn these new messages because we're we're throwing off the stuff that has been fed into us as we've, as we've grown up, that perhaps we're lazy for taking a rest or we're, you know, a lot of worth gets put into being productive. And if we can start to shift that, it breaks the cycle for the people that, you know, are watching us as they're growing and, and helps them learn that it's okay to look after and prioritise ourselves because it isn't, you know, you know we, I don't know about you, but my age we've kind of were brought up that you look after you put other people's needs first and you know you you keep everybody happy mm. and actually that's really not very healthy and yeah. you lose yourself in mm. in that um if you can bring it back to you what mm. your needs are what you what your wants are and 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 you look after those I feel you're in a much better position to look after the people around you and you give of yourself from a place of fulfillment joy wanting that connection with other people as opposed to from a place of like resentment or exhaustion or just obligation and it's a real shift in energy so by prioritizing you you can have much deeper connections with the people around you and you need to take time out of life to look after you and connect in with what you need and what you want. And I think what you said there about those expectations, I think one of the other expectations is around, you know, we've all been told that to be successful, you must work hard. And so mm-hmm. we connect, you know, we connect those two things together. That we're, So therefore it becomes that if we are working hard, then we are successful kind of thing. And I think that's another thing that I've, you know, I've certainly been trying to untie myself from a little bit. And actually, you know, like you say, we were away a couple of weeks ago and I suddenly had all of these like ideas about, oh, I could do that for a podcast and I could do that for this and that for this. And that, like the ideas started to flow and really come out. Whereas when I'm maybe going through the day to day, that's not happening so much. So that time out can be just as productive, can't it? In terms of what can come out of it at the other end. Yeah, absolutely. When we're busy and we're just kind of being busy, our bodies often are in a, are in a quite high state of stress. Mm. So that is not a good space to be creative in. It's actually, it's really quite difficult to be creative while your body's in a state of stress because it's it's just doing what it needs to do. So really taking that time out, especially if you're self-employed and you, you're in a creative space where you need to be creative, it's so important because it it is that space and it is that opportunity to connect in. So when we start to shift the thinking and change the perspective, so rather than I'm being lazy or I'm not doing 
anything. This is my creative space. So I'm going to go and meditate if that's what you like to do, or I'm just going to lay on the sofa for an hour with nothing going on. Mm. It's, it's still the same. It's that space and allows you to body to calm down and, and your brain to be creative and tap into all of these things. And like you say, going out and doing joyful things, you're filling your cup up, you're feeling good and your brain's able to go, oh, your body relaxes, everything's kind of feeling good. And that's when you'll get those sparks of creativity. So you're doing yourself a disservice mm. by staying busy all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So for anybody out there who is struggling to add that bit of self-care into their life, because they feel like they're just always too busy for it, where do you think would be a good place for them to start? That's a really good question. So I think a really good place to start is to ask yourself, why are you so busy? Mm. Because most of us are busy doing things that are fillers. Mm. There are there are things that we can take out of our day to day. And I know this sounds really difficult. And I know when I first heard this, it's like, oh, no, but I've got kids and a house and this and that and the other. Some of our expectations on ourselves may be a little too high. So let's consider where we can relax and drop things. Let's consider who are around us that could maybe pick up some of the tasks that we are holding on to and doing because society tells us we need to or our expectation of ourselves tells us we need to. So it's it's really about being honest with yourself, being honest with what you're doing and why you're doing it and communicating what you need to those around you. And, and I know these sound really big things and they can be quite difficult to do, mm. but the starting point is be honest with yourself. Do you need to be doing all the things that you're doing? And what are you avoiding by doing all of these things? Yeah. And often we're avoiding thinking about things, aren't we? Because, you know, by keeping ourselves busy, right? Yeah. Feeling into the emotions. Yeah. I know that's for a lot of people, staying busy means we don't have to deal with feelings mm. because feelings and dealing with feelings can be difficult, but it unfortunately needs to be done. Yeah. And on the other side of that is all the good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. And tell us a bit more about your own favourite self-care practices. So what, what are the things that you personally do to help you get that life balance? Boundaries is one of my big things. So I don't work in the evenings at all. Mm-hmm. Like I just, I'm very clear about what I will and won't do. I use the word no, mm-hmm. uh, or, or more gently, that's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. One of my newest practices is going to roller disco. Oh, um, cool. So I've just started <laughs> roller skating because that brings me joy. Mm. It moves my body. It's it's a social thing. It's something I look forward to doing. And it's just so much fun. I do meditate. I use my own guided meditations. I use my own hypnotherapies. I spend time taking Epsom salt baths. My whole day is really set up for my self-care. So I will quite have a quite slow morning and I connect in with myself and kind of, I really follow my joy. That's the biggest thing is following my joy, which is so different to where I was sort of 12, 15 years ago. And, you know, it's been a journey, but it very much is for me, checking in with what what do I need, what's going to support me as I move through my day. And breathing is one of my big practices as I move from task to task, yeah. breathing. So before we've come on today, I've had a little dance around to kind of bring my energy up, shake off some of the nervousness. I've done a bit of tapping, 
tapped in with my breathing and I've connected in. So it's like, it's just little things. It sounds like a lot, but they're just little things that I kind of break, put into the day as I move through what I'm doing. I think, you know, it's like anything that, um, you know, I say to my clients about wellness and fitness and stuff, you don't have to do it all at once. Like, you know, just because you're there, that's taking you time to get there. You know, it's taken us all time to get to the places we are with our own self-care. So you start with one thing, you know, maybe the breathing thing, maybe as like you say, you move from one task to another. In fact, I'm going to do that. I'm going to give it a try, <laughs> like do the breathing before I move from one task to another, like get myself in a different energy. Even that could be a good start. And then once you've nailed that, you build, add something else and add something else and add something else. Absolutely. And it is about those little steps. So it is just finding, find that one thing that's going to feel easy. Mm is it's not going to be work it's something that's going to add to your life so not feel like it's an extra task but it's something that brings you joy like I say like for people with children dancing around the house Mm. it's so much fun it shifts that the energy kids usually want to get involved with that or like you can do meditation you can do yoga all of these practices with if you've got children you can do them with children it can become a part of your day-to-day task and it's not about it being perfect and I know for me, when I started meditation, I felt really silly with it because I thought it was this thing that I needed to kind of sit cross-legged and hold my hands in a certain way and um, and you can do that, of course, you can build up to that, mm. but it can just be when you're making a cup of tea in the morning, just being really mindful and in that space makes a difference. It doesn't have to be like the big stuff. You can just start where you're at and put something little into the day and you'll really feel a difference. Fab. Well, I'm going to do that. Like I, I invite some of my listeners as well to maybe try that. Try the breathing thing in between each uh, each task that you're doing in your day to shift the energy. I'm going to do that. So before we wrap up, I would love it if you could share a little bit about where listeners can find out more about you and have a listen to your podcast as well. Brilliant. So my podcast, as you said, is Conversations with Sarah podcast and you can find me on pretty much every social media platform Mm-hmm. at srtt podcast for the podcast best space to kind of connect with me is on facebook i've got a community space which is srtt self-care journey and that's where i share a lot of what's going on self-care prompts we've got actually a mindfulness movement and nourishment event on this week so there's little tips of how to fit in self-care in that space this week or well, the website is srtt.co.uk Excellent. So I'm sure that you've all picked up some great tips from Sarah today. And again, a huge thank you to her for joining us and sharing her experience and knowledge with us. You can find out more via her links in the show notes. And I really hope that if self-care isn't trending very highly in your life right now, this might give you that little nudge that you need to start thinking about ways of adding it in and making it more of a highlight. So thank you again for joining me. It's been a pleasure as always. And I will look forward to being with you all again very, very soon. Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at AlexChickFit for plenty more inspiration.